The text that you are about to hear is by Charles Olavois. To find out more about this Canadian author and his previous books, visit www.charlesolevois.com. This episode is from Goodbye Philippines, a collection of short stories. The book are a fictional construction of exchanges between the author and people living in the Philippines, overseas workers, and Filipino expats. Goodbye Philippines, a podcast collection of short stories by Charles O. Levois. Through Facebook conversations, George, the narrator of Goodbye Philippines, gets glimpses of Filipino lives in the Philippines and among expatriates and overseas foreign workers. As he discovers the sufferings of the younger generation, he is often reminded of the disparity between the deprivations and emotional angst of his youth. On one trip to the Philippines, he is hospitalized in delirium and dependent on local care until he is well enough to fly home. On his return, he shuts everyone out, including Lando, the youth in the Philippines whose college education he paid for. After a long silence, his protege reaches out and the two briefly reunite online. The bond between them is poignant and Lando's longing for a father's substitute is palpable. Will George choose to pull away? Read by Warren Carey and music by Angelico Dayo, executive producer Charles O. Lavoie. Chapter 7 Straight to God. Note to listeners this is an abridged story from Goodbye, Philippines. One day, as George was scrolling through Facebook images and posts to pass the time, a photo of a young man standing in the middle of a cobblestone street, looking at some dark wood mansions, caught his attention. In a private message, he asked the photographer, Goyo Santos, where was this taken? But the youth had already logged off. The reply to his question came a few days later. Vigon. The message was accompanied by more photos, obviously from the same town. George knew about the UNESCO World Heritage Site in the northern part of the Philippines. An example of the Spanish influence in Asia, he replied enthusiastically, I have to go there someday. I have been there with my school twice, Goyo messaged. Are you a student? Architecture. You're an excellent photographer. I'm trying to kill my ignorance. The dots kept bouncing. Might sound psycho. George didn't know how to react to the comment. Within seconds, he received half a dozen of personal photos. In one, Goyo was wearing a cowboy hat and a plaid shirt, mimicking a character in a Hollywood western. Another photo showed him, he seemed to be rather short, pulling himself out of a hole from under what seemed to be a highway cement slab. George typed, you seem happy as you look at the camera, even though you don't smile. Everything is scripted. What are you hiding? George asked. Don't go deeper, Goyo replied. There are limits. The guy was sending a succession of brief messages, as if he was firing off a series of shots. George's habit was to buy himself time to react to a particular message by typing stop 
in capital letters. It forced Goyot, who George thought of as the fencer, to listen to what George wanted to say. Goyot would soon learn to respond accordingly. It's okay, Goyot replied. A second later he wrote, Favor? What? George asked. Supplements? What kind of supplements? George asked, preparing himself for calcium, magnesium, or multivitamins. Penis enlargement. What? George shouted, laughing. To protect myself. Against what, Goyo? Why do you want to know? What's on your mind, Goyo? Forget it. Goyo had already logged out. The guy was closing the door on him once again. The following week, after a quick, Hi! Goyo asked, How many countries have you visited? Several. Why? Have you been to Europe? Without waiting for a reply, his interlocutor added, I'd like to travel. Once upon a time. In his childhood, George had been curious about ancient civilizations, myths, and legends. As impetuous as his fascination for history was his love of love. In the late 60s and 70s, teenage boys and girls from various parts of North America would go to Europe for a crash course in what they would later put into practice back in their home countries, which were still locked into Puritan in the U.S. and Victorian in Canada, virtues and principles. George met his future partner, John, in Copenhagen during the summer of 1972. A few days later, while they were exploring the town, they discovered a publicly subsidized compound where elongated, blonde-haired, and blue-eyed creatures lived for free and freely. Drugs, sex, and Eastern mysticism. At their youth hostel, George and John became acquainted with two Americans who were heading for Spain. Having no set itinerary, the two Canadians decided to join them. That summer... On the way south to Andalusia, George experienced enough sex to appreciate the mysticism of the Carmelite monk San Juan de la Cruz. In Granada, the four of them visited the Alhambra. The following day, George went back by himself. At the time, he was immersed in the treatise on love and lovers by Ibn Hazim of Cordoba, which had been translated into Spanish, a language that George had begun to learn while lying in bed or hitchhiking. That was then. I cannot hide it anymore, Goyo messaged one day. A photo showed him with one arm around the shoulder of another boy of the same age. Both were smiling at the camera. Who is he? George asked. I love him. What's his name? Secret, Goyo replied. He then sent a live video clip. The background was dark, but George could see that Goyot was in tears. What's wrong? Goyot replied with a long message. The night before, while they were together, the unnamed boy had received a text message. A gay couple wanted to have sex with the two of them. I didn't want, but I finally agreed, Goyot wrote. After mentioning that his boyfriend was straight and had a fiancé, he added, He laughed when he saw me passionate. 
What do you mean? With one of the guys. I see, George replied. He wants me to do it again, Goyo wrote. He followed with, It's humiliating. Don't do it then. He needs money. He takes drugs. If you don't want to, Goyo, say no. I cannot say no to him. Why not? George asked. I need him. You don't, Goyo, George insisted. How dare you say that? Goyo immediately typed. The next second, he was offline. George didn't hear from him for several days. One day, he received a question. What are you doing? I'm waiting for a friend's response to my message, George replied. Who? Goyo asked. Secret. A Filipino? None of your business, George jokingly replied. I want to go to Canada, Goyo typed. Why? What's wrong with that? Goyo immediately asked. You expect so much from life, young man. Why not? George sent a thumbs-up sticker to Goyo, who had already logged out. Have you been in love? Goyo asked a few days later. Oh, yes, George replied. A man? Goyo asked. George replied with a thumbs up. Did he love you? I wish I knew, George replied. And suddenly there was a silence with no message or dancing dots that would signal that Goyo was still there. What are you doing? George asked. In reply, Goyo messaged the selfie. He was bare-chested, his face covered with sweat, and he was crying. What will happen to me? He asked. George looked at the second clock on the taskbar of his computer that indicated the current time in the Philippines. It was 1.23 a.m. He messaged, It's late. Go to sleep. I can't sleep, Goyo typed. Is it hot? George asked. He said he will call. The dots kept jumping. Am I crazy? You're hooked, was George's immediate thought, afraid that he might have to share that he, too, had experienced this type of addiction. He simply replied, You're in love. Have you been in love? I already told you. The answer is yes. What happened to him? He died. Do you miss him? The dancing dots on the screen meant that Goyo was getting ready to fire again, but George logged out after a hasty, Take care. How could he encapsulate a relationship that had gone on for nearly three decades? His encounter with John when he was 25 years old, which was Goyo's current age, was an extraordinary event that had taken him down a very rocky road. To preserve his sanity, he had begun to write books, while his other half was living out his sexual fantasies in Europe and searching for redemption.
Thank you for listening to this chapter of Goodbye Philippines. Here are some questions from the author, and here are some thoughts to ponder. 1. Is there an increase in sexual activities among young Filipinos? If you think there is, how do you explain it? 2. Do you have friends or relatives who use drugs? How old are they? Can you name the drugs? 3. Did the sexual liberation movement of the 60s and 70s in North America have an impact on your parents' or grandparents' generation? Was the impact felt only in big cities or in rural parts of the country too? We'd love to hear from you. To share your thoughts and your answers to the questions, email charlesolavoie at gmail.com. Want to receive updates about future episodes of Goodbye Philippines? Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Also, feel free to share the link to this episode with your friends and on social media. If you love Goodbye Philippines, check out www.charlesolavoie.com for info on Charles's other published works. A link is provided in the description. Until next time.